0: Okay, so hello and welcome to the Care Inspectorates podcast on meaningful connection. My name is Sherry Kerr and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Natasha Hamilton from Care Homes Relative Scotland. And Anne's Law is actually named after her mum. So, hi, Natasha, and thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, yeah, thank you for having
0: me. So, your group, Care Home Relative Scotland's campaigned really powerfully for the rights of people living in care homes and um, to have contact with their loved ones. Can you tell us a bit about the background to that campaign and why you started it? Um, yeah so we have what we call the core group because um, our Facebook
1: group has over two and a half thousand members but the core group um, consists of four daughters and a mother uh, campaigning to see there, so the four daughters are looking to see their mum and the mother's looking to see her daughter eh, in a care home during the pandemic. Um, none of us knew each other and we all came together individually through social media. And uh, as I say, the rest is the rest is history in context of that, we created Care Home Relative Scotland. Um yeah, it was yeah, and it was a small Facebook group set up by Kathy Russell and Nancy Gillespie. Um and it's just grown and it just shows the impact that was needed. Um, people were really looking for somewhere to reach out to about losing contact with their loved ones uh, during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, and you started that petition didn't you back in 2020? So Yes, yeah,
1: so I I personally started the petition um, on Change.org in July 2020. Um, that was so that was when in like the summer 2020 when everything opened up and you could go to like beer gardens and you could do social distant visits and I was getting a lot of messages from like friends and family as well saying like this is great you must be able to go and see your mum you must be looking forward to it and I was like nope nothing's changed for us we're still not getting to any or my mum's still not getting to see any of our family um so I remember just sitting and I was in full furlough I worked I worked in tourism at the point so I just remember sitting in my living room Feeling like a total loss, did not know what to do. And I just set up a petition on change.org. Genuinely did not think it was going to get anywhere or have any traction because you kind of feel like alone at some points. You feel like you're the only one going through this. Um, and it just started picking up like thousands and thousands. And I think it's sitting around 97,000 signatures just now um, on change.org.
0: Wow.
1: So in a way, I'm, I'm glad I did it because it's clearly there's 97,000 people out there that were either going through it or they agreed that something had to change that, we should be able to have if you live in a care home, you should at least have access to at least one person and uh, to keep that family contact.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and obviously that really tapped into a lot of people's kind of feelings and their concerns around what was happening at the time and the fact that they weren't able to, you know, to be able to see their loved ones. So what what was that like for you kind of having that, you know, that separation and not being able to visit your mum? Um yeah,
1: it was it was it was horrible. Um I never, I've ever imagined a time when my mum went into a care home, we were told that this this is her home, she, this is her home, this is your home as well, come and go as you please, which we did. And I always need to say on record that anything I ever say about what happened during the pandemic is never anything about my mum's care home, because they were they did their best, they followed the guidance. They actually, on paper, they went above and beyond the guidance sometimes, allowing um, the amount of times you're allowed in and hours and stuff like that. So it's never about the care home, it's about the overall picture. Um, so my mum went into the care home. Yeah, it was it was hard when she went into the care home, but we adapted to it. This was our new way of life. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, that was really hard. Like, it was hard because obviously no one could really see their family at the beginning of it, no matter where you were living. Uh, but with mum, mum couldn't speak. Mum couldn't use text messages. Mum couldn't use video calls or anything like that. So she was completely shut off from her family. So I always thought, like, yeah, it was really hard for me not be able to go and see my mum like I used to, but I was always trying to put myself on my mum's foot. Uh, she was sorry. Like how much you felt like no one could, no one would know how she was feeling because she can't communicate with us. But she must have known that those faces that she was used to seeing coming and going weren't near anymore. And no one probably would have explained to her and she might not have been able to understand why it was there. So I, I struggled with that more than me not getting to see her, if that makes sense. I was always making, because I had my husband, I was able to phone people and text people and I just felt really devastated that my mum was shut off from everybody that was important to her
0: yeah yeah no absolutely because as you say I mean you you know although you're not able to see your mum you've still got that contact with other people you're still able to you know to sort of speak to people and to understand I suppose what's going yeah. on and why it's happening whereas lots of people in care homes maybe don't you know don't didn't have that understanding you know yeah. just knew that something had changed but yes yeah. Yeah, yeah. Difficult to, you know, to kind of understand what's happening or, you know, why you're not seeing, as you said, those familiar faces anymore. So yeah, why I mean, so I think we've kind of touched on that already, but why is it so important, do you think, then for people to have that in-person contacts with their loved ones? And I know you've said, you know, video calls and so on weren't weren't any use for your mum, but obviously you know, for some people they were able to do that, but you know, it's still not the same as having that in-person contacts.
1: I think There's maybe two aspects to what I'm going to say here and I hope this comes across in the correct way but paid staff were able to go into a care home during the pandemic and do their job which they were doing amazing jobs they were doing what we unfortunately were not able to go in and do and help out our loved ones but they were able to go in and do their jobs and leave and go back to their families. I can't understand how a person residing in a care home was not allowed to have that same access to their family staff were allowed to have to their family so there's always that and I know that's a very hard conversation to have um but I think there has to be a fairness in terms of the contact of family for anybody that goes into a care home whether you're living in a care home or you're working in the care home you should all have the same access to your family in my opinion um and secondly I just feel like a place of residence shouldn't dictate your access to your family we should be looking to enable access to family um your family is 99 percent the reason why people live to have that um that connection with them like people have people in care homes have brought up children they've got marriages they've had for years and years and years and to all of a sudden be told that because you reside in a care home for whatever reasons if it could be future pandemics or whatever as it it's happened you can't see them now i find that just very it's very unfair and almost may not justified. I think we have to find ways to make sure that we are connected because that's like you, you speak to people go, oh, how are you? You talk about, oh, my wife's doing this, and my husband's fine, my children are doing that, my grandchildren, we kind of, they're our identity um, and especially people in care homes. And I know I'm generalising because there are people in care homes who can speak for themselves and who can advocate, but people in care homes, they, a lot of the people need their families to advocate for them. Um, and be, be their voice and help them out. And I think all that was lost and forgotten about during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, absolutely and I think one of the kind of things that we've been thinking about and talking about is, you know, the roles that families have and why that is so important to people and those things that you say in there about kind of advocacy, you know, about kind of supporting people's identity, you know, yeah. and their personhood because like you said, you know, family is so important to people and the families are the people that have known people the longest, they provide that link to, you know, maybe life outside of the care home, life before the care home, Um, you know, a lot of families are very involved in people's direct care you know yeah. people come in and help maybe help with with eating and that sort of thing um so yeah just all those kind of different roles that um that people's families do have in in their lives and how essential that is yeah and what what I would say in the back of that as well which i forgot to mention is
1: the the support that that then gives to the staff in the care home because i think that was very underestimated staff are stretched uh, in care homes that's that's just if you've got a loved one in a care home you'll understand how stretched staff are um and when we go into our loved ones homes and if we are spending two three four five hours even half an hour because some people don't have all day to spend time i absolutely understand that but we are releasing the pressure on staff because they know that my mum was with her husband or my mum was with her daughter and she's getting looked after. She can help her with the food. She can make sure she's listening to her music. She can make sure that she's having that communication or that bonding time with someone. Um, so that I think that was very, very forgotten about that. We should be looked at as partners in care and how we can help out the care staff um, that are working in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we all know that there is a, you know, there are there are staffing issues across the care sector at the moment anyway, you know, and that has been the case for quite some time. So that's, you know, that, that that's a really important factor as well. And going back to something that you touched on earlier, where you were kind of talking about the sort of equality of, you know, that people in care homes maybe didn't have the same rights as the people outside of the care home, you know, as people kind of living in the community. Um, to, you know, to see their loved ones, kind of, when things started opening up again, and you were saying that, you know, people were saying, well, you know, that's great, you can go in and see your mum again, and actually, you know, you couldn't do that, so I suppose just kind of thinking about that kind of human rights elements as yeah. well, and people's rights to, you know, to have that private and family life, um, that wasn't happening for a long period there, you know?
1: Yeah, um, I still can't wrap my head around that if I'm being honest with you how that that just seemed to be totally forgotten about um and all we were getting told was it's to protect your loved ones I get that I get that's what the basis of everything was but what was happening to in quotes protect our loved ones was also harming them because of the separation um and I I'm under no illusion that the separation that my mum had from her family so my mum sadly passed away in October 21. I do think that the separation that she had is probably what's brought on her passing away sooner than she maybe would have. Um, So I do think the right to family life was really trashed during the pandemic. Um, I don't know how we would have got around that one because I understand that the reason why we were kept out is because the right to life um, trumps anything else. That's a difficult conversation. That's conversations we're having with the government in the moment in terms of getting Anne's law put through in legislation. So I understand that's a whole different conversation. Um, But right to family life has to, has to mean something for people, especially people that are in care homes, who, again, I'm, I'm saying the majority of people because it's not everybody, but a lot of them, only have maybe a couple of years left and they've maybe spent the, during the pandemic those couple of years without their family. And then thinking about the family that are left behind as well, the trauma that, that those be- people went through has kind of, I think, went under the radar as well. We're going to, there's going to be a onslaught of people coming out now um, not recognising their trauma as well, that that's what it is. um. So I think that's going to have a lot to answer for, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that went in a bit
0: of a tangent there <laughs> yeah no that's fine no I think you're absolutely right and I think um, those kind of effects on people both the people in care homes and the fact you know and their families and friends their loved ones um I think you know what we are kind of finding is um in our conversations with people and in the kind of um review of research that we've been done is kind of how powerful some of those impacts are for people you know um the the sort of physical emotional mental impacts on people in care homes when they're not having that connection but also that kind of trauma that's been experienced by you know their families and friends who haven't been able to have contact so yeah i think that's something that's as you said is going to be coming out more and more in the future as well and it is hard to balance those rights you know i think we can all recognize that it is you know that it was an incredibly difficult situation and difficult decisions had to be made um but yeah i think we can't underestimate the impacts on people of having that separation and um, you know ha- sort of effects on health and well-being that that has had yeah yeah is there anything that we haven't talked about natasha that you'd like to mention is there anything else that's kind of a burning issue that y- you would like to bring up um
1: i don't know i don't think so i think we covered quite quite a lot there actually (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, uh i think we did okay so
0: if people want to know more about care home relative scotland where can they find you um so
1: we have a facebook group um which is care home relative scotland but we are very clear in stating that because of what we have been through and what our aims and objectives are for Anne's Law that is a closed group for people that are do have someone in a care home um, because it can be quite an emotive subject for people speaking on there. So we do. So if people just want to kind of follow us, our best bet is to go onto Twitter as well. If you're just looking for a general update from us uh, in our um, Twitter um, tagline, I can never remember the official name of that, It's says CHR Scotland. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter um, to get more updates on what we
0: do. Okay great and we'll put the links to that in the podcast notes when the podcast comes out as well so that people can, can can find you that way. So one last question if you had one message for people to take forward from everything that's happened and from your experience what would that message be? Um I think my message would be that
1: we can't underestimate the power of if we're talking about care homes specifically here, which I know we are, sorry, but we can't underestimate the power of families and staff being able to work together safely. We're all one. We all want the people that are residing in care homes to be safe. That's under no un, no under illusion that's what we want. So, for families and staff to be able to work together safely, so families to be able to enter the care home the exact same way staff do, that should be a thing that should be able to happen, and we should make sure that's that's what we hope that will happen with Anne's law It will come into legislation so that the legacy of what's happened to people during the pandemic will never happen again um, and this will be a right so that who knows me or anyone listening to this podcast we could be going into care home for any numerous reasons and I would hate to think that at some point in my life I might be in a care home and I would be stopped seeing my husband or my daughter Um I think that's just a bit really hit the home with that that's why the importance of Anne's Law has to come into legislation.
0: Absolutely. And I think we can agree on that. So thank you very much, Natasha. I think that's been a really interesting conversation. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you.